Hi, I'm Brandon Saffel, and I want to welcome you to the Variety Sports Network. We're so honored to be bringing you a place for the best sports content creators out there today. From football to baseball, hockey, to just a wide array of sports talk, we have everything you can ask for in one place. So we just want to say thank you for coming by and enjoy the show. This is a Variety Sports Network production. Now to your host. And welcome to another episode of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, episode 134. Joining me here, here Sunday morning, March 7th, coming off a wild weekend of sports. We got a lot of Warriors, Lakers to touch on. We'll touch on a little bit of the NFL, some of the news that broke there a little bit this week. And then we'll, of course, get into a little bit of uh, some of the winners and losers to wrap up the week. I got Brian Johnson, the main man, with me. The backlash knowledge from last night, he was all over that. I got Tyler McGurk. This man's doing it all. He's working 75 hours a day, if that's possible. But look at him. He's here with me. He's doing Facing the Giants. He's working all the time. Tyler McGurk, appreciate you joining me this morning. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm missing those post-game shows. I wish I could join them. I'm just I'm tired. I have family life. It's tough. Uh, Darren, I appreciate all you do. Uh, it's good to be on the show. Well, we do miss you on the post game, but I got to say, it's, yeah, it's been fun doing it with my mom on there. My mom's been holding down the fort for you. Uh, Casey's been able to jump on a little bit. Uh, even Xavier made an appearance. So we're going to try to get some more guys from BSN a little bit because uh, who knows? The Warriors might not be in it very long. I might have to get some other guests to jump on from some other teams here, Tyler, to join the show here. So we'll get you back on there here one of these times uh, with it. Brian, how you doing? You ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I, I got my Niners calendar behind me and Brandon Ayukes for the month of May. So that's pretty ir- I- ironic because that's my birthday month. So Brian looks like a mini calendar. You got to get a bigger calendar. I, that's a, I, I, need to, <laughs> I need more space for the right what's going on. That's a, that looks like the one they give at Chevron over there. Remember the ones they used to give you back in the day at Chevron over there? We will get on your nighters there in a little bit. And I think you like some of the wrestling news I have for you regarding my set. So I have a big turn of event there. That will be one of the winners of the week. So I know you'll appreciate that later on in the show. All right, let's get this started. We got a lot to get into here on the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports podcast here. All right, Tyler, before we do that, I think I'd be remiss to say, uh, Terrell, we had to shout him out, let you, you jump yeah, on Monday night. So we, we got to say that you did that for a couple hours out there uh, with that show. That was funny. It was fun. Hane was even able to comment in a little bit. My wife, uh, it was a good show. You guys did a good job. And uh, how'd you enjoy that Wednesday night? Because that was your first time you said doing the show. Kind of you said by yourself or something like that, I guess. The way yeah, with just so I did it with Peace Arc of the NFL Draft when you left. It was a lot of fun. Terrell's awesome. Uh, I'm going to try and hop on a lot more Wednesdays. Uh, it'll be a TNT explosive dynamic, as he <laughs> called it. Um, it was fun. I, Wednesdays, I'm available, so I'd like to do more podcasting then. So. And if you did watch, you'll understand this joke. You can probably catch it streaming on any airway there. So keep that there with it. So if you didn't watch the podcast, you'll know what I mean by emphasizing that. All right. So I wanted to shout out to Rella for let, uh, let him jump on. Also want to shout out the guys here at Variety Sports Network. The, Brandon doing the intro there. We got, like I said, Tyler and Josh doing uh, Facing the Giants. I listened to Jimmy and uh, Nico's podcast. That was hilarious. From far to the bench, Brian. They, uh, they're wrestling guys, but they also don't like that Suns and Four guy. I don't know if you remember him from last year's postseason when he got the Nuggets face, the fans face. It was like, Nuggets, Suns and Four, baby. <laughs> so that's always bothered our guy, Nico. So they do a good podcast out there. And then uh, our guys at Out of the Mountain Falcon podcast, they're still killing it. And then our guy, Doug, at uh, Hoops of Agenda, I know he wants to jump back on here. So I want to shout, shout out a couple of those shows. And, of course, uh, Three the Hard Way, they'll be on later today. Uh, our guys, DA, they'll be on. Uh, as well, uh, later he's also doing a little thing with Rush, so it's been good to see him. See Henry put out a new pod. See Wood, uh, P Shark, of course, with all the with all the, the starting five Memphis guys over there, and they have a Let's Be Real. I think a Sunday occasion later today. So want to shout out those guys like we always do here. All right, 
Tyler, Warriors, Lakers, but I didn't get to talk to you about it last night. They get crushed. What's your thoughts? Oh, man, what a disaster. We get off to a 40-29 lead, and Steph throws a pass to Clay. Clay's not paying attention. And from that moment on, it was just downhill. Uh, it was ugly. It wasn't good basketball. Nobody showed up except for maybe not, nobody showed up. Jordan Poole remains to be unplayable. I want to see more Gary Payton. I he, he seems healthy. We gave up James Wiseman for the guy. Why is he not playing? It's my well, that was, issue going That was ahead. one of the things my mom asked me. We were like, well, what do we do? Because I, I said this. You guys say at the beginning of the series, I said it was a, a, a kind of a little worried because of the Russell factor that he can go off a little bit. Like that's kind of like he can just go off. And if you get that Davis solid game, you're always seem like you're going to get LeBron just do what he did last night, right? You know, maybe not as good, but he's always going to be pretty solid for the most part. That's what had me concerned about it a little bit. Like we said, Warriors lose 127-97 there with it. I don't know. I just – I think Payton might be the play there, but the problem is he's not shooting at all. So if he's not going to make any threes, he's got to get those backdoor cuts and he's get the offensive rebounds. And it seems like when Davis is on his game, that's what we're, he's not able to give us as much as he was in the, the other series. And if he's not making a three, that's what's hurting us. He's got to make a couple threes, don't you think? Well, he's not even – Unreal on defense. Gary Payton's not even playing, which is, is that who you're referring to not making the three? He's not even getting minutes until it's garbage time, and he seems to be jumping out of the building against garbage players. Yeah, that's spectacular. Play game one. A little, not like – But, but I'm saying that's why I think Kerr's going on is guys that are making threes, and he's not making – he didn't make any in Sacramento either. And the Lakers showed that's all they're going to do is dare these guys to shoot threes. And I think with Davis in the middle plugging it up, I can't see Payton having the offensive rebound impact. I do agree from the Russell standpoint, that's where they have to get him. But I feel like he has to make a one three to keep them honest, to keep him on the floor. I mean, I trust him shooting a three just as much as I trust Dante DiVincenzo shooting a three at this point. He's not making threes. He's still getting run out there. I, I, and he plays much better defense. He's surprised energy. And we gave up James freaking Wiseman for the guy. Like, we, we didn't bring him in to sit on the bench. That's my biggest issue. And then Draymond, my God, was he bad last night. He did nothing. He was non-existent he didn't do anything on the board he did wasn't a playmaker he obviously wasn't scoring he's got to step it up like clay just didn't seem focused the whole game i don't know what happened he, he had that good barrage midway through the first quarter yeah, like 11 points quarter. right first yeah quarter. and then after that it was just he seemed like he didn't want to be there after that pass he like kind of effed up he just seemed lost Know who else was lost? The guy we gave a lot of credit to this year. Looney. I know he's been sick, but he did not. He played by far his worst game. He looked so slow. There was a couple of rebounds where I looked like <laughs> I get that piano off the back. It looked like there was a couple of you know what I mean? It looked like he just right. couldn't get there uh with it. The Peyton angle, I think, is the easy one to say. Okay, let's start there. But like I said, he's got to give you at least a little something on offense. But I agree. The thing is, Russell got off to such a hot start right away. Like two minutes into the game, he had like 11 points. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like four. It was like right away into the game he made it. And so like Payton's not going to come in that quickly anyways. So, I, you know what I mean? There was just like this point where it, they got way too comfortable. What do you think about the defense? I thought that was the thing. They kept hyping that up uh, on it. We got a guy here from, uh, like we said, check out their pod uh, uh, for sure. The guys, John and Mike over there, they do a good job. Good morning, fellas. Just doing uh, we're recovering. We're licking the wounds a little bit after a, a tough loss last night. So, yeah, Draymond was awful last night as well, like you were saying. So, I don't know. That's the thing with Peyton Angle. But Draymond's a big key as well. He, the, both greens for that mark. We, we're, we're obviously not expecting anything from Jermichael. But I thought it was funny, Tyler, that they got four points, but they got two technicals <laughs> in that thing. But, Gohan, you were going to mention more of the green a little bit. He's got to give us more, though. He, I mean, he was non-existent. Yeah, he was He was gar He was trad. To be honest, he didn't seem to have anything. I, I mean, I'm sick. I, I, I'm in a bitch about the referee. The times when they call fouls after they see a shot missed, I can't have it. We can't. Like, why are you waiting for a result of a shot to, like, influence what you're going to do? I'm over that whole – that's not how you referee a game. If it's a foul, it's a foul. Call it when it happens. Stop waiting around to make sure that, oh, okay, it's not going to get out. It just seems like you're trying to manipulate certain aspects, whether the game be remain close. I'm not saying they're, like, trying to get the Lakers to win because the Lakers are much more aggressive going to lose. They're bigger bodies. They probably deserve more foul calls in certain aspects, but it's pretty bad. It, it I, I saw a Laker video where they were – the span was like, man, it just seems unfair. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on the I whole say, referee. The, the Warriors, though, I mean – 
they they commit some dumb fouls last night. That was the thing that was like frustrating. That, but as the is the, the, the what they shoot three seven free throws, the Lakers the and the and the Warriors shot like eighteen. 11? I think that's what it was. Something like that. I think they made twelve last night. The Warriors. So they didn't do anything. Seventeen. And then and the and you can, you're never going to beat the Lakers if you're Brian miss if you're miss, you can't have the Lakers make more threes than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I that's the main thing. You can't have them do anything there. The home crowd, Brian. All the stars were out last night. Andy Garcia was there. Your boy Andy, I remember you. <laughs> he was out there. All the stars. I, the, the the other thing with the turning point was the turnovers again. I mean, there was that one moment where Clay's running to the corner, his back's there, and they throw the ball to him. He's not looking. Clay was yeah. just god awful too in that mo- in this game as well. And I think we have to obviously say that part. But I think the Davis factor here is the key for the Lakers. Is he going to be able? It feels like he's just kind of saving himself for like four games here. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it, it just seems like he's going at this pace, man. And when he falls down, it's quite annoying. And I talk about the fouls. I didn't like those. I thought some of those were charges on him. He's just leaning his shoulder into it on some of those. It's it's tough to play defense on the guy. That's for sure. He's always flailing. He's always flopping around. And LeBron does the same thing. Then you have Schroeder, who does it more than anybody. And D'Angelo Russell, every time he takes a jump shot off the move, he's flying like he's getting fouled. I don't. It's I don't know how you ref it. I don't know how you fix it. You stop is making it, stupid. It's like playing it against Matt Lunsell and those elbows. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Matt with the sharp elbows out there. Yeah, those are the guys that you never want to play against. The guys with like the. The arms that move around and they're at head the, level. The raptor arms. <laughs> yeah, especially when they're at head level. That's where you don't want the elbows right there. That's where you're when you're the smaller guy, right, Tyler? You don't want those. No. You don't want those elbows there. Right? Get a nice uh, gas on your forehead. Yeah, so a couple other notes since you were really – I took on the game was Russell last night with the, the big part of it. I Like I said, LeBron got to it. But he didn't take a shot I thought was interesting the first um, – like quarter, maybe a half there. Maybe, I think it was the eight-minute mark. He actually took his first shot, but he didn't need to because I think Russell got off to such a hot start, and Davis was on his game a little bit. But what do the Warriors do? Can the Warriors do anything other than just shoot threes when Davis seems like he's impact, like doing more uh, on the pick-and-roll defense and stuff, Tyler? That was the thing. Like uh, Both times he seemed engaged, they can't score, and the, usually the Warriors can score. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Uh I mean, Draymond needs to step up. He needs to make life a little more difficult for Anthony Davis. I mean, you put him on the ground, he ends up on the ground anyway on his own, so can't really do that. Um, the Wiggins I, dunk yeah, is nice. I'm, I'm perplexed. They got to just hit – I guess they have to have someone hit 10 three-pointers and Steph go off. It's, is that what the series comes down to? They have to hit 18 threes basically every game? It seems that way. I mean, it really Anthony does. Anthony Davis is going to play that like this on – the defensive end where everything gets swatted back. I'm still waiting for that Wiggins game, Tyler. Like he wasn't even bad yesterday. He just had a couple go in and out, but like he just hasn't had that no, one good. game. And like we really need him to have like that huge game. I mean, he had a nice I, dunk though. <laughs> oh, unreal! I thought that maybe this is the momentum shifter. I, I'm hoping <laughs> I love all the pick and rolls for Steph just to take more floaters. Stop dishing it off to Kevin Looney and Draymond, who can't even dunk the ball because they're not athletic enough to do a two-footed like dunk. Just take a floater. It seems like you live and die by the three, the Warriors. This year more than it's ever. Like it's, Brian. It's, I don't know. No, this year more than ever. I feel like it wasn't as much in the bad, but this matchup is – Looney's not going to have the impact that he had in the last – like Davis is just a better player than him. And so if Davis is awake, you know what I mean? Like if Davis is engaged, top 75 or not, that's questionable. I've always said he, him and Lillard are the ones to be that – or maybe should be moved out for somebody else. But uh, if that's the case, he should be dominant in the series like this. But it just feels like – He's so sluggish and he's annoying. He falls down. And the, I'm sorry, you can't dip your shoulder. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, you can't dip it like that. Come on, I'm, Draymond might be selling it, but it was just a poor game. The Warriors totally lost their combo- composure. Must win game, right? You can't go down three one to LeBron even with two, yeah. right? What do you feel? Maybe, about? maybe we're maybe we're gonna go full circle, go down three one, and make that the comeback, and we can shove it in his face for the rest of his career. Is that maybe that's the do? idea here. I don't think that's what they're, they're obviously not planning that, but. Is that what yeah, you, it's not looking good. I don't know. They don't is Draymond get, too close to LeBron now? Is, he, is, is that what caused me and my mom were talking last night? Is that part of this? Is that part of the issue? Is, him, is his relationship? Is there something going on here? Is he not able to go full full out? Is there some sort of like uh, 
inner type of feeling he has towards LeBron. Like, for goodness sakes, Brian, he wanted to go see – miss a game to go see him break a record. You can't have that. Let's talk about that for a split. What do you think of that situation? That's embarrassing. I didn't like it. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I feel like Draymond needs to be more like Rodman, and then Davis needs to be like, you know, Carl Malone, and he just annoys the shit out of him or something. <laughs> we love this on the mic. How does Mike do it? I feel like Mike could probably beat anybody, to be honest. I feel like he could be probably present. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, was say off topic, but Mike met Ernie Johnson Jr. at Starbucks yesterday. Talked to him for about five minutes. Great dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Played a little, talked a little bit, hooped with him uh, out in Atlanta over there. Um, that's cool. That's actually a really cool story. Uh, no, so I don't know. Like, I think Draymond. That we were just saying how that's kind of funny. How like I think maybe he's too close to uh, to LeBron on that one there a little bit. There, we're you know maybe not, but that just kind of his play is definitely reflecting that at moments after beside the game too. So. All right. Any any last things, Tyler, on this on the game, the, the series here, any one way or the other? I just, I mean, they just got to play better. Looney's got to get healthier. I still think he can make an impact. He was good in game one, and game two, or better in game one. I mean, Anthony Davis ate him on, ate him for lunch on deep, the defensive end, but he can make an impact. Game two, he was even okay in the limited minutes. Game three just looked god awful. He, like you said, he looked like he had a piano on his back. He couldn't move. <laughs> There was that one rebound <laughs> towards the bench. He's like, <laughs> exactly. you're right. How about the celebrities that come, are coming to these games? You got Game Two, Spider Man, and then that girl that was in the movie. Zendaya. With, and then, Zendaya. And then all, all, the 40, all the 49ers have showed up. Sam Darnold, little shout out. Sam Darnold was there. <laughs> Best I have an issue with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle yeah. hanging out with Sam Darnold on the sideline. Can you believe Matt Mayko? A good reporter, a reporter you trust here in the Bay Area. He said he's the best thrower the Niners have ever had the football. Can you? I mean, that's unbelievable, Brian, what, what's happening here with Samuel said. My goodness. He's just, yeah, he, he needs to lay off the anymore. crack on that one. I, he's he's literally becoming a legend around here, and he hasn't even played a game. Unbelievable! He's at night. He's sitting front row with McCaffrey. I did like how they cut him off. He wasn't on the camera. Right? <laughs> he showed his ear. <laughs> Can't show Sam. Um, do you think if they showed him on the big screen, he would get a pretty big uh, ovation, though? Sam Darnold. Do you think Brian would he get a little? Probably uh, not. I think Greg Papa that. was there. Either. Um, Greg Popovich. I know Shanahan and Lynch showed up for game one, too. <laughs> they were there, too. I, I, hey, with the movie stars, I, I mean, come on, let's go. Let's be honest. Most of them are there because they're probably trying to sell a movie, right? They got some sort of yeah. project they're working on, right? They're there for a reason. And that, so that's that's the most of the deal. All right. All right. So like we said, game four on Monday night, big game. They have to respond. Uh, there's no other way about it. The Warriors have a tendency. This kind of goes to my next subject here a little bit. The Warriors have a tendency to respond, Brian Johnson, on the road. They almost need to be, at this point in their career, the big three, the, who, who have 97 wins now together as a group. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green have 97 wins together. That's the third most ever as a trio. Uh, just behind Duncan, Manu, and uh, Parker, they have 126 wins. And then they have uh, Kareem, Magic. And Cooper, they had 110. So if the Warriors hypothetically won this series versus LA, they would get their hundredth win together in the in this series uh, to be cut, you know, to hit the triple digit mark, which would be kind of funny with that. So that shows you where they, how long they've played together, and that's what kind of makes this group special, right? Is that the, is that usually you don't get this in the NBA? You don't get uh, owners. And you don't get uh, GMs that keep their team and players that even want to stay together for this long. You have to admit, like, even through thick and thin, there's been some moments where, like, this could have changed. And so I think that's what makes this unique. And I think for even more so people in the Bay Area that it's Tyler, for me, I, it's just kind of we've watched him now over the years. I do think for people now that I've listened to more podcasts outside of the Bay Area, I think they actually appreciate that more, too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. you got three guys that fit perfectly together. There's no, like, 1A, 1B. It's a clear, like, pecking order on defense to offense and then offense to defense who's going to lead the team in certain aspects. Like Curry's going to take care of most offense. Draymond's going to lead the defense from the back. Clay's going to guard the best – or when they were in their primes. Clay's going to guard the best perimeter player. Steph's going to play off the ball, basically, on defense. And on offense, he's going to carry the load, like I said before. 
and they just fit. They it's not like water and oil, like like the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum thing. Uh, me and Terrell talked about on Relism. They kind of play like this individual, not off of each other game. It's whoever's hot, you give the ball to, and it's kind of like this ISO pick and roll, where the Warriors it all fits, it all gels, and they all enjoy playing with each other, which is really nice to see. I'll remember these time, these this trio forever. Like this is the number one trio maybe in Bay Area history at this point. No, it definitely is, and I, I think I mean that'd be an interesting topic. We need to do that one another time. I should I'd take you that note for the, another. That's definitely a podcast right there. Um, no, but I just think it's pretty unique that they've been together this long in that trio. So I think it was interesting looking at who who is ahead of them, where they're at. With. Like those are some pretty elite yeah. groups, and Tony Parker and Ginobili. You know, they did it for a long time. I think they did it for thirteen years together. So we'll see if the if the big three are allowed to do that for the Warriors as well. But back to the Warriors needing that win on Thursday. They've had some big road wins in their time together. To me, that's been one of the, the greatest things, to, Brian, about their whole entire run here is that the, is that the road wins they've had. Like uh, that, t- Tyler, me separates them from any of the teams I can remember from in the past. It's like, so I don't know. I kind of just, I wanted to go over uh, over some of the road wins they have. But before I do, what do you kind of make of like, do you think of that with this, this group is like, when I just feel like when their back's up against the wall, when they're on the road, that's when they play their best basketball. I mean, they've basically, when all three are healthy, they've won the championship every year since they won that first one, except for the Cleveland year where they blew a 3-1 lead and Draymond gave LeBron a little sack tap, well-deserved. He should have given him a little harder one. But when they finish the season healthy, they win a championship. So, like, they're going to have to battle back. There's going to be adversity, and they've always – they have these big – Road wins. I don't know if you want to mention the ones you have or. Yeah, no, I got. Um, I the for, well, the one I wanted to start with is I got. So if I go all the way back to two thousand, like I I got thirteen like huge wins that they've had in like in their time here on the list. Or like that's how many wins I see them having. They have all the way back to games. Is that two. every road win they've had since they? Because they a lot of them they've cruised through like playoffs. Right? Game two in Denver, the first yeah, time they were in the playoffs, yeah. right? They want they respond after game one there. They win 131-117. That same year, they come back. They win with they win with uh, against the Spurs uh, or two. second round one hundred to ninety one. They win that game there. Then you go to game one uh, the following year against the Clippers. They win that. They win that game. I feel like that was the year Mark Jackson uh, got fired that year. But I thought that was I thought that was a big win at the time. I thought that was a huge mm-hmm. win at the time for them. I, I you know they ended up losing that series, but I take that as a big road win for them as that one. And then I go into the next, and then I go to 2014, 2015, first round game three versus the Pelicans, the one that Curry hits the shot over Davis in the corner. They go up three. He got fouled, but they didn't call it. And they were down 10 with like four minutes left. That was like a really resilient win. Like kind of like, wow, this team is maybe built a little bit different. And they end up going to win the championship that year, of course. Then they go to beat Memphis game four, right? The Curry, you know, they're down two to one, a huge win. They win that one, 101, 84. Uh, one of, to me, the biggest wins in their whole entire time together. To me, that was by far, like at the that Memphis time, one? like it just felt, yeah, I just felt like that was one of their, that one showed me a lot. That one showed me a lot. That one showed me a lot because that Memphis team was tough. Um, uh, and, and they, and, and they matched they up good trouble. against the Warriors. Yeah, they gave us trouble all year with the Randolph and Garcia thing. We didn't have bigs. Bogut was our only big, really. David Lee was soft. Draymond was getting bullied at that point a little bit by Zach. And then I got Game Four versus Cleveland. That finals there, they win that. They they go on to tie that series up at two after they're down two to one. I thought that was there. We got there. Then I move go a little quicker. I got the I'm back game versus Portland, uh, the OKC game six, Clay game, the Green game, like you mentioned, with him ejected. But that was a big win. And then you fast forward a few to the Durant years, game seven versus the Rockets. They pull out that one with uh, Durant on the team there. And then the other one where Durant gets hurt and like Curry gets thirty three in the second half. Yeah, that was a big a big win as well uh, on the road. To take them there, and then just as recent as right for Game Four in the finals last year, big win, and then this year Game Seven in Sacramento when Curry drops fifty. I just feel like time and time again, this team has proven that road wins is something that they do, and that's a lot to a lot of big road wins to me right there. Yeah, I, I the only one you excluded that I was Game Five versus the Raptors where KD comes out in the first that's quarter, he's ball. tearing it up, he gets hurt, and then they just show their champions mentality. They're they're wherewithal how they bounce back and they just come back they win game six 
Dude, that might no be one of my, my favorite ones, actually. There's no doubt in my heart in game six you're going to win if Clay doesn't go down. Uh, but things happen. I think they would have won that whole series if Clay stays healthy. But it, that game five was a spectacular. Yeah, that Raptors one, I totally forgot about that one. So you had every other one? You had every other one I had on there, too? Yeah. That's awesome. And then I, I, I went even further back before these trio. I didn't know we were limited to this trio. I had game one versus the Mavericks and the Weebly. Yeah, I had those. Yeah, no, I was thinking. I had game two versus the Spurs, game two Nuggets, game seven versus the Rockets, game five versus the Raptors. Yep. Game six versus Thunder, and then the one the we I'm back in with Steph versus Portland. And like I said, they even right there at Sacramento, right? They need to lose Game Six at home, be no show, just to feel like they need to play good basketball in Game Seven. That's <laughs> that's what this team has come down to. The same scenario. You get blown out in, in, in Game Three, and now you got to win Game Four. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. The Warriors got the same. Same situation. It's not a must to deal win, with but it's a very, very important to win. That's for sure. Yeah, it feels like a must win whenever you're getting beat that when you got to win every game from that point on. And yeah, you're exactly. and a team that hasn't really proven they can win three in a row, has to do it three times against <laughs> LeBron and Davis. It does feel like a must win from that regard. I definitely would go there with it. All right. Hey, real quick, I don't want to – we kind of been dealing a little long with the NBA, but it's been fun kind of because me and you just haven't been able to talk Warriors as much lately, so it's been good to kind of catch yeah. up on it. Uh, just real quick, MB, Embiid wins the MVP. That was kind of a cool moment there with him getting the award. Uh, <laughs> the guys at the far end of the bench, maybe a little different perspective, but it was fun to listen to their perspective on it. Um, they they thought, you know, they gave him his credit, but they also had some fun with it as well. So the, uh, so shout out to them with that one. Embiid wins it. Booker and KD just ridiculous, especially Booker. 20 or 25 was hitting every shot you could ever think of. The Suns do have a little bit of a bench issue there. We've talked about that plenty of times on here, but – they definitely need to score 70 that do that is a oh, they, they got a big bench kd wasn't even good in game three he put up good numbers by the end of it but the first half i was like my god i've never seen him play a worse basketball and then your boy the worst half of basketball what was that your boy and he's struggling oh god he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there my quick question is just quick i asked uh terrell on rallies would you rather have booker or tatum oh i was uh it's tatum i don't know anymore I think it's Tatum for me. That's a tough one, though. That's a tough one, though. That's a, that's a good choice, though. I think you can go either way. But I go Tatum a little bit. I, I think he's a little bit better defensively. But, um, yeah, so then the Knicks, obviously, they win by 18 yesterday. So they're uh, – they're up to, or the uh, the Heat, excuse me, they get, they go up to win by 18. So they take a 2-1 lead to 18, Brian, maybe making a run here to the Western – or to the Eastern Conference Finals. To me, that KD, that Denver matchup today, that's going to be a juicy one. We'll see if uh, they can tie it up or does Denver go up 3-1. to one. Is Denver this good? I mean, my goodness. That's the one thing, Tyler. Denver this good. I I mean, they are. I think they're just consistent. They don't really have bad games. I mean, they did get – they lost it on – Is Joker the three. best player now left in the playoffs? He's the most consistent by far. Like, he's going to give you 25, 10, and 10, basically, at least somewhere baseline around there. Uh, and then Murray Porter hasn't played very good in this series. He could play better. And then Aaron Gordon's just playing on a different level I've ever seen him play. Arizona, Arizona, Aaron Gordon for a run there. All right, so that's the NBA. There's gonna be big games today, a little bit like we said. We'll see what we'll see what happens with the the Boston Philly game if Philly bounces back. Harden, you give him all the props, Brian, after game one, and then man, he just falls back. <laughs> He's got to do what I did. You got to shave the beard a little bit. You got to shave it. Yeah, you got you got to trim it like Tyler. You got to trim it down there. I think he's, <laughs> I think I, I, it'd be so funny to see James Harden. Uh, come out with like just a clean shape. Wouldn't a that be hilarious? <laughs> like just, I don't know, like just with a randomly. You're not expecting. He, he would probably, he would probably shock the fans or something. <laughs> he would. I think he'd be faster. I've always said uh, <laughs> a little air, right. more aerodynamic. All right. Qu- question of the week here is we kind of move on to the bonanza time where we'll hit on a lot of different subjects here, kind of quicker as we kind of get to the end of the show here, move to the third quarter of it here. Question of the week here presented by Row One Brand. Use that code VSP. 15 Brian, you'll get anything uh off in the art gallery. Not we don't want a LeBron Davis picture, we don't want anything like that. No, so if that, that if that suits you, or if you want a calendar like that, the nine years calendar, like the bat, they got stuff like that. That uh, maybe maybe, maybe get a bigger one, yeah. Maybe get a bigger one, jumbo side, you get jumbo <laughs> side, <there. laughs> yeah. We go big, that's what we'll go with it. So you'll use that code VSP uh 15 and you get 15 percent. Uh, off anything in the art gallery there at row one brand. All right, so this is what I got for question of the week this week. I got a decent amount of responses this week on Twitter. I'm going to get to that as you guys answer the question here. Is 
what baseball stadium do you wish you were able to go to that is not around anymore? My, my number my number one choice is Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. I just, I've just heard stories about it. Uh, they had like a 300-foot wall in right field, very close, short ports. They did have a high state, a high, a high wall, but then they have the batting cage on the playing field in left center field, 460 feet from home plate was where the home run was in left center. How far? Like a crazy 460 feet from home plate to dead center, just left of dead center. (laughs) Just a bomb. Just a little bit of a distance there. (laughs) Just a little bit there. Who's Uh, the guy with the walk off again? For Pittsburgh against the Yankees and Nazaroski. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Good knowledge. Good knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Brian, you got yeah. one. Yeah, the 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 Expo Stadium when the Expos used to. Play. <laughs> it's so funny that was considered a dump back in the day, but we wanted to see them, right? Like, yeah. why do you want to see the why why the Expos won? The I don't know. I don't know because like I've I've always wanted to uh, watch a baseball game in a dome. Oh, God. That's yeah. it. Uh, I always, the one thing about the Expos one that always caught my attention when I was younger, they did change it though. Is you guys remember, they used to have glass in the back behind home plate. Like it was like there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was glass, and that always fascinated me whenever the Giants would go play in Montreal. And it was fun. I always liked the Expos uniforms. And one of my favorite moments, because I hated the Giants, was when that lefty, I forget his name, off on my head, but he hit a grand slam to beat the Giants to center field. That was. That was a that was a good moment there in Expo. I always hated Expo Stadium because it always had meters instead of uh, feet for the home runs. I was like, "What the hell is eighty five meters out there?" <laughs> and then I think I think the other <laughs> the other stadium I love to go see was uh, before they yeah, turned yeah. it into Mount Davis was the when it was just a baseball stadium, Oakland Coliseum. Yep, that would be a good one there for sure. Uh, I got some responses here that you guys got. I got a uh, Chris. Uh, Chris Mascaro from uh, he does a golf podcast. He always shouts us out a little bit, Tyler. So he he said Three Rivers Stadium. That was one of his. Mm-hmm. Connie Mack. Another Stadium. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's one I got the, Pittsburgh there. Connie Mack Stadium. That'd be kind of a cool one to go to. That was considered at one point because of that bookcase he got me one of the best stadiums ever around back in the day. That was considered a luxurious <laughs> stadium back in the day, Brian. Uh, Tiger Stadium. That was one we got here. Mm-hmm. And then my guy Tom Witt. He he came in with the one I have. Polo Grounds. And, yeah. Seal, and Seal Stadium. Those are the two I kind of had. He also threw Edmonds Field somewhere in Sacramento. I'm not familiar with that one, but where that was. I, I, I thought the worst stadium was the one that the Indians played in before Jacobs. Oh, the one from the movie? Uh, no, that yeah. was the Milwaukee one they shot that one in. But, uh, oh gosh, what was that called? Jacob? Yeah. No, what was it called, that stadium? You're right. I got to think of that one. What it was called. The Indians one where the Eck threw the, threw the one in, yeah. Somebody looked that up. Or or you could go with, uh, you know, the Phillies Veteran Stadium. That's not a bad call there. That was kind of oh, a I weird remember, one. I remember when – who was the guy who was on the Braves? He was pretty good. Then he went to the Phillies. Oh, I can't think. Kevin Millwood threw a note oh, yeah. against us in that damn stadium. That's yes, Kevin, Kevin Millwood. Millwood. That's a name. Oh, the, hey. only, the only old-time Next Philly player. I remember is uh, Lenny Dykstra. Go to Letty. That is a complete psychopath. If you want to go watch Howard Stern interviews of Letty Dykstra, they're pretty entertaining. What what happened to Lenny? He went from a baseball player to stealing cars and I think he was always that. I think he I think he actually did baseball on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think he did. And then he 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 told the weirdest story of Charlie Sheen how. Somebody owed him a million dollars, and now Charlie Sheen killed him or something. <laughs> See, that's what Lenny does. I, I always wondered how much tube ride he went through a game. Like, how many? Like, <laughs> like, the how much did he actually go through a game? Um, our guy Ant, check it in. Uh, Ant's, uh, talking to me. He got uh, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. That was a big one. A lot of people said Ebbets Field. Uh, that, that would be a cool stadium to see. When you see it right there on the street, the old picture. Yeah, it looks Tyler. nice. Tyler. Uh, obviously, yeah. yeah see the teams um you were talking about big that's why polo grounds is mine the center field and then the short little that's why i love playing with it in video games (laughs) 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 but man that's center field and remember they had remember they had the uh the uh and like because the right centers were deep too right they had the pitching mound i believe out there like or the pitchers would warm up like they had them in deep left center and right center. That's where the pitchers were also warming up. Because you got to think the center field, it was like 487 feet. 
and you'd have to hit it high in there <laughs> to get it over there. So that's insane to me how deep that is. That that's one game the, uh, or one stadium that I went to that was pretty cookie cutter was uh, the the old Bush Stadium. It was nothing special about it, but it was cool. Played downtown St. Louis. It was fun. I saw McGuire hit three home runs, and it's when he broke the record. Not the game he broke the record, but the same season. But no, the stadium was pretty cookie cutter, and it was turf, which was kind of weird to see a turf field. And, and no, it wasn't turf that year. It was grass. Nothing you said you McGuire hit two that day, right? Three. Three. Yeah, that's impressive. The only game I ever went to that somebody hit three, and this is a name, Mike Lieberthal, catcher for the Phillies against the Dodgers. I was randomly at a game against the Dodgers. He might have been he catching Kerry Wood. He had three home runs in the game. Unbelievable. Sean Green, right fielder. Shout out. I always like to shout out Sean Green out. Um, that, so that was one there. And then uh, a couple other ones. What a, a big F you one to be Howard Terminal. That was a bit. <laughs> the Ace Stadium. That's not going to be a big F you to that one there. So, Brian, I actually went to the Kingdom. That's what I saw the Tigers play the Mariners there. So, that was at, so the Dome Stadium is definitely a little different. That's where the Twins one would have been weird, too. Remember, that was always like a, yeah, remember that. Remember, I hated a, that. We hated when yeah. the A's had to play the Twins in that damn stadium. <laughs> and then don't forget about Shea Stadium for the Mets before they got in their new stadium. Yeah, that would be a great call. Tiger Stadium to me was always unique with that. Those damn, like, I don't know, like the second deck thing. That always kind of threw me off a little bit. So that'd be cool. Um, all right. So row one, Brian, we got it. That was a good little discussion there with the stadium. It's always fun looking back at that stuff, especially with you guys uh, with it. Candlestick, any shout outs? No, 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 no. Nobody no. else go back there. I don't want to freeze my nipples off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, less is more less is more there not on this next comment you want to make so let's go that one all right let's go to bonanza time here we'll get to we'll get to the fourth quarter of the pod um what major professional sports league has the best playoffs here brian which one you got i'm gonna go with the nfl because it's like you you if you don't win you're out and you have to go the next round I did throw MLS in there, Tyler, for you if you wanted to vote for MLS. Uh, I don't even know how the MLS uh, playoffs <laughs> even works. I'll go. I go Major League Baseball when your team's in it. NFL if I'm not interested in the teams. Why baseball if your team? What do you mean by that? Because like obviously football, your team's in it too. Like what's there about? What's different about baseball for you in that one? Well, it's just like every day, it's in the series, and you play the same team over and over, and just you're you're there's no real like momentum except for your starting pitcher the next day. Like I feel like NFL, it's one week to one week. It's fun, but I just the ML and I like the Giants more than the 49ers If I'm gonna be on in those instances, I love them both. But how dare you, Darren? How dare you, Tyler? How dare you? Unbelievable. Um, uh, how about hockey? No hockey, is that Ryan? I don't like hockey enough. I know a lot of people that say it's the best. Well, the thing about hockey is that you're usually getting great games because you never know who's going to win each series, even if you're the one seed and eight seed, like we saw with like the Bruins going out, right? You don't get that at NBA yeah. usually. Uh, usually this year you did. but <laughs> you I, think, I think a funny story for the playoffs was I, I used to live with Tyler's brother, Ryan, and yeah. we were we were watching the Cards versus the Packers, and halfway through he fell asleep. And <laughs> Tyler, said he's, Tyler said he's dreaming of little sharkies. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, so they got the, we got the playoff. That, I have the NHL as the most exciting from game to game, but – I'm with you, Tyler. I do have the MLB if your team's in it. That one is definitely the most exciting there with the NFL. Like you said, Brian, most on the line. Debo Samuel here. Um, NFL all time. Gary Smith got here uh, tuned in with it. NFL all the time. So, yeah, NFL, that makes sense, right? From the, and that's why it's, I mean, it's the king. Line. It's the king because you have that one game elimination and they have the best regular season. Like that is no doubt to me what gives them a massive advantage over all these leagues like it's literally the regular season means more than then sets up the playoffs to be more you know and that to me that's there's less games and every game is more important well if they keep adding these playoff teams it's going to be a little less <laughs> that's true <laughs> are you telling me there's going to be nine teams in the playoffs well no, yeah. I, I the know. nfl won't matter for the nfl come on we know that no matter. everyone's in a lot i'm not saying so, it won't I think NFL, Brian, I bet if we – I got to do a poll with this. I bet, what do you think MLS gets 2%? We get a little 2% vote there. Um, all right. I, I go with 1%. 1%. All right. We go Debo Samuel, Brian. What's the deal with them? Is this the next best rivalry, the Niners and the Eagles? He comes out this week. He kind of said this after the game, but he said, we lost because we played with 10 people. 
Got the rest of the quotes here down below. He hasn't, like I said, he hasn't shied away from any criticism towards the Eagles. Even after the game, remember, he, was, he wasn't happy with some of the players in the fans. He said they kind of annoy me, which I thought was kind of funny because, I mean, if you're a Niners fan, you got to love this guy, though, just for, like, the fact that he's running his mouth and, like, stuff like that, or maybe you don't like it. Brian, your thoughts on uh, Samuel here. Is this the next best rivalry as well? I kind of like Debo because he's like the only guy on our team that talks trash. Everybody else is so, you know, cookie cutter and they, they shut up. And Debo's like the drama guy. He's like OBJ because there's like a, there's a thing after we played Seattle in Seattle. There's a thing afterwards and there's some girl trying to throw a football and he's kind of hitting on her. And I'm just like, you know, he, he's our little OBJ. <laughs> He's, he's Brian, I think Debo says everything you're thinking. That's why you appreciate Debo. I, I mean, I don't. I'm over. They lost. They got their asses kicked. Did they not have a quarterback? Yeah. I just, I don't. It, say what you want to say. It doesn't bother me if he wants to talk. But I just, it's all talk. That's all it is. I, I, what I didn't like about the Eagles in that game was that we were short-handed and they just seemed to. They're all hyped up the whole game and. I, I don't know. That kind of bothered me, and I didn't like that <laughs> shot on Bosa on the sidelines. I thought that was a cheap shot too. So I hope we play play a week one and smack you right in the mouth. <laughs> I love it. I don't think the NFL's. Good. I think the NFL would have put a week one if the Eagles won, but I don't think now that the Eagles won, you're going to get that chance. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to be like a little bit later in the season. But I'm with you. If you're the Niners, you definitely want the Eagles game. Week one. Do you think they'll put the schedule's released on Thursday, Brian? Do you think they'll put on week one? Probably not. They'll probably do something like Eagles Cowboys or something. Uh, Eagles Cowboys. I don't want Eagles week one if Brock Purdy's not fully healthy. That's but if he's healthy, I'm willing. I want Eagles. Brian, Come on, have a little bit. This is no no faith in Lance again. And Samuelson. <laughs> don't forget Samuel. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll have the coffee mug that says Lance is the plan, and yours can say. Purdy's the man. There we go. I like it. I like that, Brian. That's not bad, but that's a little better than I thought. So, Debo, though, Niners rivalry. Tyler, that actual – they need to – Niners need to beat the Eagles for that to be a rivalry, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what's got to happen next year. They gotta I mean, we did beat year. them two years ago when Taylor Hurts was the quarterback. They just weren't the same Eagles. They made the playoffs that year, but they weren't the same as they were last year. So, we got Samuel there, a little miffed. All right, let's keep it rolling here on the Bonanza. You agree? Damian Lillard calls out the Bucks. For firing the 2021 NBA champion Mike Budenholzer, the coach, he gets canned. Uh, Lillard via Twitter, Twitter says, "Folks out here firing championship coaches as soon as they don't win the chip." I don't know. He get, I felt like he was gonna get fired. I felt like he kind of lost the team a little bit this year. I felt like he kind of got a couple more years because he won that championship a couple of years ago. Um, I wasn't too surprised from it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thinking Lillard's also referring to Nick Nurse with the Raptors getting fired as well. Um, maybe that, that's who he's also referring to getting fired. I don't know your thoughts. You agree? Um, he did have a good record with the Bucks, great regular season record, but only thirty nine and twenty six in the postseason. I mean, I they he deserved to get fired. I don't think this team was going anywhere. I mean, to defend him real quick, they were injured all year, but they just they don't. They got that one year where they won the championship. It seemed like a lot of breaks fell their way, which happens in the NBA playoffs. So. No disrespect, but I'm not a big Mike Budenholzer fan. I don't think he's that great of a head coach. I think he had Giannis, Middleton, and great talent. Not that he had to put it all together. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he's been eliminated in the first round how many times? Like, and then the second round, at least once. So it's just, I don't know. He's not consistent enough for me to be at the helm with the team with Giannis. Well, how about what Lillard? I mean, we were talking about keeping the team consistent, right? You know, is that what Lillard's thinking? You're you're firing a coach that you you know won this championship with. Give him more time to do it. He had four win four seasons with over fifty wins. Um, they finished, I think, in number one seed four times. I think that's part of the issues. They were the higher seed, and it seems like he couldn't get Giannis to stop shooting nineteen footers. You know, get the man. That, you know what I mean? Like the guy shoots like seventy five percent in the paint. Like seriously, like. They got to figure out a way to get him to. Somebody has to come in and just tell him to stop doing that. I don't, you know, it, it, it does yeah. to me. It doesn't benefit him at all. Like I would just constantly crush the team every time in the paint with him. I mean, and Damian Lillard coming from him, he doesn't even believe in like leaving a franchise. Whether it, what's going on, so like he seems like loyalty is key in all aspects, which is his own motto. Like I don't know. I just I have different 
strokes for different Johnson folks, Phillips. I guess. <laughs> different what? Johnson Phillips <laughs> there for life. He'll be there. <laughs> Johnson Phillips will be there for life with it if he wins the championship. All right. So I got Lily there with it. Uh, I kind of tend to disagree with him on this one as well. I felt like it was time for Mr. Bolt. They need a new voice. Like I said, like offensively, yeah, I know he gets a lot of credit for that, but I just felt like they were a little eh, at times, like a lot of you know, just kind of like very predictable. They got a lot of bad shots, like just force. Like I said, Giannis dribbling up should not be taking threes. Like it should not be part of the game plan. It should not be part of the game plan at all. All right. Bronny James, he announced he's going to USC. Is it a game changer for the basketball program? They get the James kind of name there. And is it better for college basketball in general? Will you find the season more interesting as a result? Tyler, they're going to play this year against your Arizona squad. Your thoughts? I mean, I think wherever he went was going to be a big thing, but him staying in LA, it's going to be. Big for the Pac-12, big for USC. Uh, his, all of his games are going to be on national TV, basically. And him being in LA, LA is a mecca for just entertainment. So, yeah, I think it's good games, for college right? basketball. I don't think it lasts past this year, though. It all dies once he goes to the NBA. So it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. But for this one year, I think it's a big deal. I'm a little surprised he chose USC, though. I, I, I feel like good. a lot of people are t- choose USC nowadays. Like, it's just a... They let them do what they want. There's no, like, oh, the coach is the guy. It's like, oh, we'll let the players play. I'm guessing he didn't go to, like, a school like Kentucky or those just because uh, maybe USC will get a chance to handle the ball a little bit more and do a little bit. Um, That's what my guess is. Kentucky has more higher – yeah, that's just my thought, even though, obviously, he's a high recruit himself. He could just play himself into getting playing time. But uh, I think staying close to home was probably a big decision with him as well. Ryan, do you think it matters, though, for college basketball? Do you think it would, like, be a huge deal next year overall? Yeah, I mean, him going to USC is a big deal, and yeah, I think he's going to bring up, he's going to bring a lot of excitement to that to that uh, program. So yeah, I definitely consider that pretty huge. How big a factor was love in basketball? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so we got. <laughs> but do you think it affects college basketball as a whole? Yeah, it affects USC and maybe the Pac-12, but as college basketball for one year, will you be more into the games? Like in the world, I guess USC has to be relevant. Yeah, exactly. Depend if they're winning, they could become huge, like for that season. I'll definitely be checking out on them a little bit more. That's for sure, just because yeah. LeBron will be there a little bit. Yeah, I don't think any chance he stays two years, or is it just one? I think what is the Vince, to... what's the Vince McMahon song? No chance. No chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> no chance in hell. All right, we got a this one. I got this one's gonna be interesting for me. We got Wander Time, and this is so if anybody's out there, right? He gets he feels the ground while he's out there. He feels it. Flips it to himself, gets it, and throws over to first base exactly like that, but with a raised hat on. So he does. He he gets the grab ball, flips it to himself, throws the guy out at first base. People are losing their minds. My God, what a disrespectful son of a gun for throwing that guy out by by Jeff. I'd say so, but Tyler say by plenty of plenty of, in plenty of time. Your thoughts though, you do not see that in baseball very often from an infielder. A lot of people were comparing it from a basketball standpoint to like dunking in it, you know, throwing it off the backboard and maybe doing a you know dunk to yourself. Your thoughts though of an infielder flipping the ball up to himself, throwing the guy out at first. I hope my little leaguers were not watching this play. That's that was my first thoughts. Uh, it doesn't bother. It's the professionals. They got the guy out. Uh, I I wouldn't want my infielders doing it consistently. But for one out, whatever, you got the guy out. I don't think it's as big a deal as these baseball purists make it out to be. Like, oh, he's ruining the game. It's not that. You it, would probably want to pay though, right, if you were the manager of the Pirates? Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do something, there's repercussions. I wouldn't want to pay. I don't care. He had a whole run, right? The net was like a couple of that. I mean, he's an absolute stud baseball player. He's going to be great for a long time. I, I just – it's a weird thing to do. I don't know where he got the idea, how it came up, but – doesn't bother me. He got the out guy out. If someone beats it out or he drops the ball, then it becomes a, like, what the F? And you deserve all the criticism for it. When you do That's it. what I was going to say. Like, in some ways, if you're the defense, you kind of want him to do it because it actually kind of helps you. Maybe he, may, yeah, maybe he rubs it in with that a little bit, but there's a chance he's going to make a mistake higher than he would if he didn't do it. So exactly. that's there is that part of it, too, if he wants to do it again, right, uh, Tyler? It's, you know, it's a little different. But, okay, it'd be funny, though, what it, I was waiting for somebody. I was thinking, what if somebody did like a step? Would that be more of a rub in, like from baseball standpoint? What if Wander 
threw the ball at first and then turned his back as soon as he threw it and started pointing to the out. You're like doing something <laughs> like that. Like that to me would be kind of like even funnier. Like you throw the ball to first and then you're like, woo, and like right before it even gets the out. Like <laughs> start celebrating a routine ground ball. That's more like, I don't know. If it was well, that's kind of what he did on this, right? He kind of like got it. Like kind of, all right, you know, he did so, but like maybe not make it as big a deal, but you throw it and you just kind of turn like, you know, you got about out of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't buy it. It's a weird thing to do to celebrate a routine ground ball at the professional level. I can't but imagine. Does it bother you? Like, or it doesn't bother you, but it, I just think it's a little, I just think it's funny where you could go with it. If that was like, to me, like if you're the actual like coach from a strategic standpoint, you'd rather have you just throw the ball normally and turn your back than give the defense an or give the offense an actual chance by you throwing the ball in the air and there's a chance you bobble it or just something like, I don't know. Like that would stress me out more if I was a coach. I just like totally yeah, take the ball at first. Sure. I mean, if I'm a coach, I'm telling him don't do that. Like, I don't want you doing it, but then, as then a I fan, found it funny, the Yankees pegged, uh, uh, the center fielder, help me out with his name. I'm doing it. Uh, Rosarena. They pegged yeah. him twice yesterday. I found that funny that it wasn't Franco. Maybe that was, yeah, they have a few guys, the Rays and they're playing good baseball, Brian. So maybe they're going to piss off a lot of people this season. It looks like with it uh so i thought that was kind of a funny conversation with it yeah little leaguers out there don't flip the ball don't flip the <laughs> ball right? don't stress out your coach like that don't stress out your, they don't need that right there <laughs> and then little league it never works that's what i've learned it does not work very often don't try to be the star player in little league that does not work uh all right big day monday for the sharks future here we don't talk hockey too much but they got the nhl lottery and the reason we're doing this because there's a superstar on the line monday the sharks have the fourth best chance to get it brian the fourth best chance here will it change hockey in northern california if they land connor bedard here yeah it definitely would because you'd have a superstar on the sharks somebody you could like you know, do commercials with and just, you know, hey, build the franchise or, huh? But you know, that you mean, like, player in a like on CS, CSN California, you could have them in that Sharks jersey. Bay with Area. Like stick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Sharks, dreaming baby The old Patrick Marlowe spot. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely help. I think, I mean, they just got to win. It doesn't matter who's there. The Sharks have had a loyal fan base when they're good. I mean, I don't know if that's loyal to be good, to be a good fan base when you win. But that's just how the, most sports work, as we've seen around here. You win and people show up. I Would Connor Bedard begin the winning changes a lot faster than anyone else probably in this draft? Yes. I mean, would it, like, ignite? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Bay Area people like champions. Like, that, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I could see they're the only hockey team in this whole entire area. There's no other – A's drive. There's no that situation there. I just feel like there could be this like massive takeover if he was the superstar everybody's thinking he is. And his stats, like I have there, are ridiculous in in the in the uh, minor leagues. Yeah, I don't know if it. I, it's hockey though. I don't think people love hockey around here. There are there's a it's a it's a knit sport in Northern California. We never see snow for the most part. It's not like we can go on the ice on the pond and go skate like they talk about in Boston and Philadelphia. Hey, you want to go out to the it, pond? No, we don't. Yeah, see it very often. It's, a, it's a knit sport that people certain people love, but it as a mass like I think it'll it could it would sell out the tank all the time. Man, if he's a superstar though, Tyler, like if he's a Curry S, you know, player, that's gonna get your French fan to tune in a lot more if you're winning a lot of games as well. That's yeah. that's kind of my point with it is like there is that chance for it. So five o'clock, they got the chance. We got I think the the we do not want the ducks to get them. That will be in the division. So we do not want that to land them. They have the best odds, but then we don't want the Blackhawks to get it. Does he feel like a Columbus blue jacket? No. So he needs to be on the sharks. He feels seems perfect, Brian. They need it. The San Jose needs a little pick me up. So Big draft, or big NHL lottery. We don't ever talk about that usually with it here, but a lot on the line here this week with the Sharks. All right, let's get to the end of the show here. Winners and losers of the week here. Brian Johnson, who do you got as a winner of the week? Or actually, you know, do you want to go loser of the week? I'll let you decide here. I'll go with winner. Um, I'm going to go with wrestling again. I watched Backlash last night, and I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. He beat Brock Lesnar, so – it's lining up right good for him because they have the world championship heavyweight tournament on Monday. So you figure he's going to be in the finals of that. So Brian, I got to go winner of the week after you. I usually let Tyler go first, but I got to go ahead because it's on my winner of the week is yesterday. I'm, I'm home and Xavier is 
now he's starting to get obsessed with wrestling. He's playing. He's right. He's a seven-year-old son. He's playing the game. He's like, John Cena, dad. John Cena. We're watching YouTube and like you get matches. And I always like the entrance music. I'm not really the wrestler, but I've been watching it now with him. And the one I always like, right, is, well, it's the big show. And he would come out. And so I was saying that all day. <laughs> so he's watching Big Show versus John Cena on a ladder match yesterday. He's like, yeah, John Cena. And I, we watched one yesterday. I got to say, I was impressed with this match. Though, and I'd never say this about wrestling. It was actually Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Some champ, I don't even know what it was. SummerSlam, I think they said it was. I have no idea, Brian, when they wrestled. And I'm telling you, Brock Lesnar made John Cena look like a ragdoll. He just, like, threw him around the whole time. I've never seen a, a match. He went like to that. Suplex City. Oh, he just, like, exactly. literally would throw him over his back. And I was like... I was actually impressed. I was like, good God, what happened here? We got Hana Tootie, obviously a big WWE fan. I think WWE wrestling is the stupidest thing. Can't believe they hear the, the The funniest story was I was I was over when you guys were opening up your gifts and you know he, he was into those Pokemon cars. Like I could see Darren's expression. He was like, time to get a new ho hobby. Hey, whatever we got now, we got Seth Rollins out there. He's like <laughs> Seth Rollins, dad. Like, I don't know how, yeah, he really loves it. So we'll see if he kind of gets into the storyline. Maybe Brian Monday night. Some of the stuff's a little weird. I'm not gonna, so, I'm not gonna lie. Some of, honestly, some of the wrestlers come out and I shake my head. We were even watching an old school one last night with the British Bulldog, was it? The British Bulldog. So, um, <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was winner of the week with it. With it, Tyler, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll stay on the WWE theme. I think it's bad, buddy. Uh, he was at the Met Gala. He's the most streamed artist in the world, and then he's doing WWE stunts, getting thrown through tables from like fifteen feet up. I don't know to put your your body on the on the on the line when yeah. you have all this already going for you. You're already like one of the most famous people in the world. Props to him. I'm telling you that Lesnar one. Though, that, I was impressed. I'm gonna go back. I gotta. Hey, he just Cena's a big man. He just <laughs> he was just like making that guy look like he is nothing. Um, I also gotta go winner of the week too. Gotta shout out your guy. I don't know if you guys talked about it at all yesterday. Uh, Tyler on facing the Giants. I didn't hear you if you did. Was Willie Mays though turning 92 years old? So you gotta shout out Willie Mays there. Uh, greatest living uh, baseball player, maybe greatest living athlete right now of all time in some regards. If you want to look at oh. Third all, 666 home runs, the steals, all the, you know what I mean, all the accolades, 24-time All-Star. We've talked about it many times. So shout-out to Willie there, 92 years old. That's pretty crazy. Just Yeah, I think now that you bring it up, he probably is the greatest living athlete right now as Got far it. as, like, accolades and whatnot. I mean, he's probably the greatest baseball player of all time, dead or alive. So there's that also. He just – 92. Wow. Long time. It's going to be a weird day for the Giants when you know because obviously he is getting older. That'll be a weird. That'll be a sad day around. The, it's just going to be kind of an interesting. Sure. All that stuff you don't want to think about it, but it's, yeah, he'll he's lived a good life. So there's like that part of it, but that'll be a that'll be a, a sad day obviously for the Giants organization. He's been around for just good god 1950s. So yeah. hard to yeah, crazy. Kind of like the Vince Scully effect, I guess you would say for the Dodgers in some way there. Even though he was an announcer, uh, it's kind of funny how they got linked together over time. Um, all right, loser of the week, Brian. Who you got? I've been going with Seth Joyner, who used to play for the Eagles. He he had an explicit reaction to Debo's comment. There's a couple of f bombs, and I I, I kind of feel like telling him to calm down. You're not in the league anymore, so it isn't your <laughs> issue. <laughs> Seth Joyner, I like it. Who the hell is Seth Joyner? I thought we were going wrestling again, Brian. I like Seth Joyner. <laughs> hey, Brian, that's good dollars know. there. That's good dollars. Bringing a little TB to the show here. I like it. Little loser of the week called out an eagle. The eagle people. Uh, uh, Tyler, who do you got for loser of the week? I got, we talked about it off camera a little bit, but Glenn Kuyper. Not, I don't. I'm not judging who he is as a person, but as a broadcaster, you just can't say what he said. He deserves whatever backlash he gets, but. He was saying how much he enjoyed going to the museum before he had his little slip up. Uh, you can be the judge of what museum how he is as a person. I won't be. I don't know how he is as a person, but as a broadcaster, you can't let that happen. And it doesn't look good for the A's. It just puts another black eye on the A's. Yeah, I had loser of the week for that as well with the A's. Um, man, I there, I had it some different. I, I thought. Um, you don't make an excuse for somebody saying that as well, but I, you know, I, yeah, I think yeah. sometimes, you know, that's, you can't like ever say like, you know, those are there's certain words you just don't make the mistake on. And that's one of them. But I, there was some part of it I, where I, I was a little disappointed in some of 
people's reactions as well to that as well because some people don't know who these people are you're just kind of reacting on a clip you don't really know the whole person and so you know what i mean like we've known glenn kuyper as a broadcaster around here for like 40 years. you know what i mean so we, we kind of have a really mm -hmm. good feel for him in that regard so i think from our standpoint it was like that's not something you know what i mean i think we knew him enough but that's where those clips are kind of dangerous in some regards. But at the same time, we still don't know him enough to say he isn't somebody who uses the word regular. I don't think he does, but we don't know. I thought it was interesting. The guy that uh, ran the museum, right? He he had a statement saying, you know, he obviously doesn't know what he's in his heart. He took him on the tour for goodness sake the day before, uh, you know, and yeah. obviously runs the whole museum. Uh, he said in his in his heart, he he chooses to forgive him in that regard, and uh, I'm sure Kuiper. I'm sure he doesn't feel very good about it. So uh, mm. in that regard, so uh, definitely loser of the week though for the A's. Uh, just can't win a game, Brian. Their bullpen's terrible. And then you have this situation with the broadcaster, um, where you know he's suspended right now. I just have a feeling he'll end up probably getting fired. Uh, I just think from a business standpoint, that's kind of what they'll say from it. But uh, it is it is what it is with that. It's too bad though from his standpoint. Also, kind of a loser of the week. Your dad. I know he's a horse guy and a few other ones. Uh, yeah. Seven dead horses at the Churchill Downs yesterday for running. That seems like quite a bit. On the whole day, there was seven. I think that's why. I thought it was like in the last. Is that seven total? Seven. Is that what that means? So, I mean, yeah. I assume so. I saw I, seven. I doubt, horses I doubt dead there was seven dead. Well, it said seven, right? so I don't know why they'd make a big deal out of it. What, Brian? I doubt there would be seven dead horses in one race. Well, it's not well, one, it wasn't race. one race. The whole oh, day. Yeah. That would be like incredible. <laughs> the whole field. How many horses? Horse died. number eight wins over there. Uh, but yeah, they had a lot go down uh, yesterday in, in the thing. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting part of it. it. Was a two deaths, two horse deaths bring Churchill's down to total to seven. So yeah, so I don't know. Like, is that in 150 years that they've been racing at Churchill Downs, or is that like in the last month? No, it says in recent days. Oh, geez. So um, then, what's five the horses perished in the past week at Churchill Downs. I'm sure there's going to be some investi investigations done as to the reason behind that. And hopefully that provides a few more reasons. In a statement issued Saturday night, Churchill Downs Incorporated said there has been no uh, discernible pattern detected in the injuries sustained. We it's express seven. our most sincere condolences to those connections who care and love for uh, these animals. Blah, 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 blah. So that's seven that's died in recent days. I was like, man, that's it's quite seven. a bit. Seven have died that was leading up to Kentucky Derby week. So, like, that we're going to race in races throughout not just the main race, but all the races, seven. Of them. That's great. That's insane. How many? That's a lot of money. Oh, man. I remember this guy was telling me the story at the uh, – he went to randomly Kentucky Derby, and they – the horse that got second, they literally had to shoot him on the track. You know, her, it was actually a, a girl horse. They had to shoot her on the track there, basically, to put her down. Shoot him up. You mean, well, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, so they did that too. Yeah, right. There, <laughs> I don't think you're pulling out guns nowadays. Yeah, just pull a gun out and shoot the horse. Peter would be. I'm 18, sure Peter's already. 1857. <laughs> Could you imagine how many horses probably died though back in those days? I was thinking oh. about that. Horse racing always makes me think about the our American history in that regard. Like just how important they were, and like because how this it used to be the most important event was the Kentucky Derby for God's sake. And so like to me, it's just funny like looking back at the history of like how much horses mean to some people and how much money they mean to people. There's m so much money involved in this sport. It's such a, and that it's ridiculous. Oh, if you win one of those races, you can just keep that horse and impregnate other horses and you're getting like thousands of dollars per sample. And that's the big deal about these horses, obviously when they pass away from that regard, because that's what these owners really, right. That's what you're banking on is what you said. They're not necessarily, they want to win, but they got to keep them alive too. Uh, for that for their actual like massive payday in that regard so it's a weird sport to me and always kind of has been but definitely loser of the week i thought that deserved that there over at churchill down uh, over there so um any last thoughts here boys before we call the podcast that was fun we hit a lot of topics yeah. uh, uh tyler can the no, warriors win come on game four show up, Raymond. <laughs> anybody show up we talked about the road wins right oh god we'll get one we got it we always Backs against the wall, we always bounce back. Brian, they win in this game. Help me out. Yeah. They winning. Time to be positive. Have faith, guys. 
Let's go. Trey Lance, you're going to play right. North. We're going to dominate. I can feel it. Trey Lance is going to come in, make two threes. He's going to know. Team Trey Lance. <laughs> Tyler, have I a good Sunday. I don't know if that's accurate from deep. All right. Peace. So, Brian, Till next time. Episode 134, Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Peace. Wow.